Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another Real Debaters production. I am your host, Michael Petro. On the show this week, not in the living room, on the show, on the Zoom podcast, our first full Zoom podcast is Martin Navarro and Alex Black, special guest Alex Black, uh, one of our longstanding friends. Me, Martin, and Alex used to bartend behind the same bar together, and fuck was it fun. Uh, he has gone on to pursue a career in mixology and hospitality, and he is very good at what he does. He's got about 20 years experience behind the bar. He runs a mental health initiative called Mind the Bar, um, which is to promote good mental health in the hospitality industry. So there's that that he does as well. Besides make delicious cocktails, I've he's my favorite bartender. It's pretty much a no contest. Uh, so he's on the show with Rob Strachan and me in Winnipeg doing the Zoom thing. Doing the Zoom thing. Zoom, Zoom. Uh, the show is all about alcohol. Who would have thought? We have a bartender on. Uh, so the debate is movie character inspired booze. Pretty simple. Pick a movie character. Come up with uh, a product, be it beer, wine, or uh, spirit. Uh, market it. Commercial it. Come up with some fun cocktails. Give it some lore and some backstory. How it's made. Where it's made. Who makes it. Do you have a bunch of Oompa Loompas making vodka, for example? <laughs> um and yeah, so and then argue in front of a guy with 20 years experience behind the bar and embarrass yourself along the way. Maybe just me. I don't know how Martin and Rob feel, but uh, I got an education on this episode. You will do. And we close out our end credit conversation is just talking to Alex about how bartenders are perceived on screen and the do's and the don'ts and the accuracies and the not so accurate things that, you know, Hollywood can do to a uh, a career. Anyways, uh, I got nothing else for you. Oh, um, therealdebaters.ca. That's where you'll find everything you need to know about us if you want to follow us on social media, if you want to see us, if you want to message us, listen to the show. It's all right there, therealdebaters.ca, spelt just like our name. And if you want to email the show, it's therealdebaters at gmail.com. Give us an idea. Give us a fact check. Give us a critique. Give us a funny sound bite. We will give you credit for it. And, uh, yeah, that's the that's, that's all I got. I swear, I won't come up with something else on the fly. I'll cue the reel. You enjoy the show. Welcome to the living room via virtual Zoom meeting, everybody. Um, for everyone who uh, has been listening here so far, this is our first Zoom podcast attempt. So I'm incredibly excited and hope that this works. I've got everything recording, so we shouldn't have any issues here. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some video from this podcast to show you uh, and finally give a fuck about showing our faces. We have a very special guest today. Um, it is a longtime friend of Martin and myself. His name is Alex Black. He's originally from Winnipeg, but moved out west to pursue a very uh, extensive career in bartending. Say hello to everybody, Alex. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Me oh, and <laughs> 12 people that listen to, to your podcast. <laughs> That's we love our twelve. That's our twelve is our twelve is our base. So a big following in San Jose. We do, we do, and Portland this week as well. Uh, That one popped up on the menu. Winnipeg is still leading the pack with the uh, the amount of downloads. Stonewall all of a sudden showed up out of nowhere. So it's been really great being able to see stuff like that. So me and Martin have been trying to plan an episode around Alex's skill set 
and Martin just out of nowhere approached me with this brilliant idea about how uh, how Ryan Reynolds has got aviation gin. Um, Alex, maybe you can tell me. I can't remember the name of the Rocks tequila. Do you know that off the top of your head? Haramana. Haramana. Okay. So I guess the new thing is, well, besides no movies being made, but I guess the new thing to diversify your portfolio is to get into other brands uh, and, and products. And alcohol has kind of been the number one thing for a lot of the A-listers to, to buy into. Uh, there's a bigger list of people who own wineries and different distilleries and whatnot, but uh, The Rock and, and Ryan Reynolds kind of topped the list with the popularity of that. So I think Martin's idea, uh, and I'll let you explain it because I'm definitely going to fuck it up, but where did you... Are we going to go through that now? It's still kind of... Are we? Not yeah, no, we're going to go through it right now because we're, we're... Yeah, just uh, give us your premise, right. dude. No, you explained it pretty well. Like, what basically, what movie character... Um, would you pick to launch some sort of alcoholic product? Exactly. And what so, is that product? Like, what is your target market? What's your advertising going to be like for it? Um, and there's no limit. So I think we also, I think the one stipulation is if it's an inseparable duo, you can have them as one. Um, but there was no other, no, you can pick any, any movie character from any movie. Give us an example of an inseparable duo. Uh, scary. How about the Dumb, Dumb and Dumber? Uh, the two guys Blade from Dumb and Dumber. Harry? Uh, yeah. That would be an inseparable. Batman and Robin, I guess, they'd be an inseparable duo. Yeah, no? any. I think anybody, we, we, we kind of allowed it so that, because Alex's pick is fucking stellar, and that was where that whole idea came from, was where it was either a singular character, and you were just reversing the idea. You were, instead of instead of the actor buying the brand, it's now a brand of alcohol inspired by said movie character. Um, and yeah, inseparable duo, inseparable duos, I guess we defined as people who throughout the movie are always together. They're not separate entities. Their plot lines are, you know, moving down the same path. So to start the show off, um, for all things booze related, I wanted to kick in a high gear with the best drunk performance by an actor on screen. Um, it is one of the easiest method plays to get into. Just get drunk before you show up on set and you're ready to go. Um, uh, but that's cheating. I feel. I feel that that takes away from the authenticity of the role. So with that being said, um, let's start with our special guest. Alex, who do you think the best actor to play drunk is on screen? Uh, well, first I have to say I'm really excited to hear the feedback on this episode with all my work in the alcoholism community. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my credibility in mental health advocacy is about to just like fall right through the ground. <laughs> really excited for the feedback. <laughs> Dude, this is all in jest. We know how hard you work at the mental health, at mental health, and in the in the hospitality industry. So nobody's going to take you seriously. Trust me. The twelve people that listen probably don't even uh, they're not even from Canada today. So it's all true. Good. And I mean, you would probably have to be an alcoholic to listen to you guys ramble on for hours. On hours. <laughs> <laughs> probably. I've started to tell people uh, start drinking a cocktail to get through the show because it might help. So <laughs> just set up six. Uh, but uh, no, I I. I I went with Randy Quaid, um, for I mean he's he's got the the dual role he's got the cousin Eddie, <laughs> um, which is that classic like you know, before alcoholism wasn't funny, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, type role in uh, in the Vacation series and I think they even gave him didn't they give him his own cousin Eddie his own thing at one point. Like a brand of was there was there wasn't there like a non Chevy Chase one that cousin Eddie was part of? I could be totally wrong. 
we can fact check that, but I don't. I, I never saw anything. If I did, I'd probably own seven copies of it. <laughs> yeah, but he did. But he did. He was vague. He did Vegas. He did Vacation, and he did Christmas Vacation, um, and has one of the greatest lines uh, in in all of those movies when Clark Griswold gets the Jelly of the Month Club. <laughs> yes. Bonus and and <laughs> um, Randy Quaid is as great of an actor as he is with a perfectly straight face says Clark that's the gift that keeps on giving (laughs) (laughs) is uh is fantastic and then but also he also has um you know uh the the redemption role uh in Independence Day where you know to you know we we as a society gaslit this poor human being into thinking (laughs) he wasn't abducted by aliens and he fell into a deep (laughs) depression and alcoholism and then has his chance to save the world, which who doesn't love a good redemption story? Yeah, Hero's Journey, man. It's the best. Yeah. It's 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 the funnest one to watch because it it you kind of feel at some point attached to the characters he's going through his journey because you can understand strife and you know problems and whatnot. But I love that it's like he's a crop duster. That's one of my favorite parts about that role is that the guy who's going to save humanity, who's going to fly an F eighteen or F fourteen, whatever the fuck it was into the mothership is a guy who sprays corn for a living but you know whatever (laughs) also in re-watching independence day um the scene where they like random which is which is hilarious they've got like what like four hours till the world like till the base is getting in and they're like let's just go into this crowd of people who rode rvs in and grab people (laughs) and throw them in f-55 better by he goes through his like his talk about how he was abducted and you can see people like hiding their faces, the extras of like Randy Craig's ridiculous story about looking forward to getting up there, which I appreciate. <laughs> Martin, what about you? What's your, uh, what's your favorite on screen drunk portrayal? Uh, I just, I, I had a hard time with this one because I mean, it's really hard to beat Nick Cage from leaving Las Vegas, but like, that's a really, really serious, a really good role. I feel like he kind of peaked at leaving Las Vegas. And then he's like, you know what? I don't want to do a serious role anymore. That was too hard to do as a method actor. So I'm just going to do all these national treasures. Like that's all I'm going to be from now on. Um, I'm really upset that they didn't make the third one. Are, that, are they still making it? I thought they were making it. I don't think no? so. I've heard online chatter that it might happen because I mean, the hardest working man in Hollywood, I think needs to step out of the C movies and jump back into an A movie just, you know, once in the next 10 years, that would be nice to see. Cause his new flick on Netflix primal opens with him like bare knuckle boxing, a white Jaguar. Like it's, it's just <laughs> so ridiculous. I had to turn it off. Like, I'm like, I need to watch this incredibly stone. Yeah. Yeah. Jaguar. But like they're both, but hang on, they're both in a tree and they both fall like 20 feet. He lands right on his back and you're like, okay, if that was me, I'd have, I'd have four discs popping out my sides, but yet he manages to stand up and then like go into a fucking fighting stance and take on this Jaguar. It's pretty epic. Isn't Nick Cage like pushing 60 as well? Like he's probably a fall from a tree might be like detrimental to his health. (laughs) Like if that was the character. Yeah. If it wasn't laced with CGI. Sure. I I agree with you. (laughs) Um, Wasn't he? Is, is a white jaguar a real thing or is nope. that an albino jaguar it's made up it's made up for the movie i don't even think Do they it spray paint it or is it cg i don't know if the peta people would be down with that i'm uh, pretty sure it's, it's CG. cg yeah it's got to be cg there's no way you could spray paint an animal on set even if you had 10 of them you'd still have only, in the, only in the former eastern block are you allowed to use animals in movies so. <laughs> <laughs> but back to your point martin uh i agree with you it i think that's his peak 
because that's his Oscar win. So it's like now mm. I can do whatever the fuck I want because I have an Oscar, which kind of gives you carte blanche. But if you don't use that responsibly, you end up, you know, being cast in uh, the uh, well, he's he's uh, what's his face from the big tiger documentary on Netflix. He's playing that lead. Oh, he's playing um, uh, Joe Exotic. He's playing yeah, Joe Exotic in the Joe Exotic biopic. Yeah. So, I mean, like, what, what, you can do that when you have an Oscar. But his, I, what's your favorite scene with him being drunk, Martin? That's my question. Because there's a, the there's, what's the whole movie? When he, there's that once, like, I love the liquor shopping when he yeah. just, like, just shop. But I also love the snap of when someone takes away his liquor and you, he goes away from the happy drunk to the angry drunk. Yeah. Like, that transformation was a crazy scene. I'm just like, whoa, that's that's what it's like to be like a raging alcoholic. Are you talking it's about just a snap at a drop of a dime? Where's that the casino when he gets kicked out? Remember? Yeah, that's exactly where I was going. Where she comes yeah. over and like nothing happens in that scene, but yeah. it's all in his head, which is very true to being a full fledged alcoholic. Where it's all being imagined, and he just loses his shit, flips the table. He's like, "Fuck this, I'm out of here." And it's those moments are like, like that montage scene when they're at that hotel. And he falls through the glass table and they're doing all that sexy shit while she's pouring bourbon all over her. Like those kind of impulsive ideas are incredibly like, I think he went to AA meetings to figure this shit out and just wrote down people's stories because it's so, it's so laden with, with, with real life situations. But uh, Rob, what about you? I, um, I just want to say one thing about the Nick Cage thing too. Yeah, yeah. I like that scene where he goes to the bank to cash that check yes he's so, uh. so shaky and then he's like i'll be right back and then he goes and has a drink and then he comes back and he's the most elegant motherfucker ever totally yeah no that scene where he's like i would pour bourbon all over you i would pour bourbon all over you and let you and and you would pour bourbon all over me and we could lick it off each other and i'd fuck you i'd fuck you so good and he's like he's perfectly on point you're totally right about that um so my scene an actor that i'm going to choose is kevin uh uh Hoffner from uh Broken Lizard in the classic Super Troopers and there's a scene where they go to the <laughs> there's a scene where they go to that press conference and and he's like three booze and he's in, he's double fisting and he's fucking just drinking and drinking and and then for that scene they he actually got fucking wasted and then oh, he when did. he's throwing up in the toilet, that's actually him throwing up all over himself in the toilet. <laughs> and that scene is so fucking good. That movie has tons of good drunk scenes too, because uh, near near closer to the end, when they know that they're losing their station, Brian Cox who plays the like. <laughs> I, I don't know how they convince Brian Fox or Brian Cox to even do that movie, but fuck, he's so good as the captain. And they're like driving around all drunk and shit. He's so fucking funny. He's the crazy belligerent drunk in it. Yeah, that's my. I was gonna choose beer fest, but I mean, I mean the whole movie is just about drinking, so you know. Super Troopers are good, but Super Troopers like that. That scene is so good of him just drinking, and he's drinking like um. I didn't know he really got drunk. Drinking MGDs, like just like oh, 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 oh. and you're just like oh, it's so gross. It's so gassy, those NGDs. Oh, gassy. Any any beer that's in a clear, is in a clear bottle, like how much shit do they have to add to that so it doesn't go completely skunky? Ugh. 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 I, uh, I was, I'm, I'm tied with Martin on Nick Cage, but I didn't, I, I wanted to kind of bring something else to the table. Another serious. What about Farva, man? Well, yeah. need a cola. <laughs> <laughs> I went, I went with, uh, with, uh, When a Man Loves a Woman with uh oh jesus christ her name's eluding me right now this is embarrassing uh meg ryan 
from when a man loves a woman. I don't know if you guys have seen that recently, but that was like, like my dad, my dad was like, okay, so, um, my mom, your mom and me, obviously not together anymore. And she was a raging alcoholic. So I think you need to see this movie to kind of understand what it was like for me to go through being (laughs) married to your mom. And I was like, okay, this is the wrong kind of parenting. Um, but having watched it, her, her violent outbursts and the portrayal of going to rehab was really interesting and watching her go through the steps. I thought that was something that hadn't really, cause you're either playing drunk or you're not playing drunk. There really is no story besides leaving Las Vegas that really, at least that's well known that really focuses on the, the evolution of an alcoholic going from start to finish. So watching her like accidentally smack her daughter because she's so hammered. And then the relationship breakdown, like the attempt at trying to get through recovery was what I appreciated more than just her being drunk. But I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's nine ways to skin a cat. So, um, but essentially, where, where do you get these sayings? Nine ways to skin a cat. I've been listening. Okay. <laughs> hang on. I've been, I've been, I just got Matthew McConaughey's new book, green light. So if I speak, like in really bad sayings, I have to blame McConaughey on this one. <laughs> They're two different sayings. There's I know they are. I've combined them. Lives, and there's more than one way to skin a cat. <laughs> and you just put them together. And it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, but it kind of works. Nine ways to skin a cat. Alex, I'm glad you feel so at home to give me shit on the show because that's what the other two guys are going to do throughout the rest of it. So please. Oh, you please. know what? Like I, was, I, I was listening to Rhett's episode last week and... Uh, which is, uh, you know, as a as a one time listener, one time caller, was the best episode <laughs> I've ever heard of you guys. Um, but uh, and the only time, I, the only thing I was thinking is just like Rhett is gonna not punch down, and all I'm gonna do is punch down. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, so in true fashion, I feel stretched. I feel warmed up. I feel ready to go. Um, and. Kudos to everybody else who's ever played drunk on screen. If you're an actor listening to this show, we know it probably can't be too easy. Um, but I want to get into today's argument, which, uh, as we briefly exchanged before, it is all character-inspired alcohol. So if you've skipped to this point, welcome to the fucking debate. Um, as Martin said, we have derived a plan to argue what movie character could be used in branding any kind of alcohol. So I think the rules were simple. We had wine spirits uh beer or well pretty much wine beer and spirits that was that was the three um so the marketing plan you fucked up it's on the table exactly yeah definitely um so we had to have a marketing plan we had to have a one or more signature cocktails one was the minimum uh we had had to have signature cocktails well not signature one product right yeah one product i just i came up with cocktails it's not it's not mandatory it's it's just something I like. Threw what in. if you choose something like wine? I guess you, you can make a, a wine cocktail. Like, what? you can make a spritzer. Yeah, you spritzer. could. Yeah, you it could. pairs well with ginger ale. <laughs> I have cocktails. It's not mandatory. Um, and as well, so there was marketing plan, uh, your product, how you were going to market it. Did you say commercial too, Martin? I think you had commercial. Oh, uh, well, it's part. That's part of marketing, right? Okay, perfect, awesome. Um, with that said, let me bring up the list here because I can't remember who I uh, drew to go first. Um, do, 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 do. Oh, Martin, you drew first shortest straw, buddy. So it's all on you, dude. Action, go. Okay, I went with uh, the Lord of the Rings movies, and I picked Frodo Baggins. <laughs> um, and just a little bit about Hobbits. They have a great capacity for making beer in the Shire because uh, the Shire is like a farming community. So a lot of fresh quality ingredients from local farmers, fertile <laughs> land. 
Um, really good oh, place for growing mainland, hops. That's a mainland BC pitch right there. <laughs> <laughs> really good climate for growing hops. Um, and um, the product I'm, I'm, I'm releasing is a beer. Um, it's called Frodo's Fellowship Pale Ale. Um, so in my idea, this is set 300 years after the movie Return of the King. And I made a commercial for it. So uh, I, I didn't have the video, but I'll, I'll just read you the script for the commercial. Please do. So uh, scene starts, aerial view of the Shire. Camera pans downward, slowly moving towards Bag End. A hobbit comes out with pipe in hand. He turns to the camera and says, hello there. I am Leto Baggins. You might recognize my family name from the my great uncles, Bilbo and Frodo. You're probably wondering what the Baggins clan have been up to these days. Well, when I inherited Bag End, I always dreamed up of opening my own local brewery to make beers that showcase some of the fresh local ingredients of the Shire. And uh, to ring in this year's Fellowship Day, that's, uh, sorry, to ring in this year's Fellowship Day in remembering the time when my great uncle Frodo delivered the Ring of Power to Mount Doom and destroying evil forever, we have released Frodo's Fellowship Pale Ale. It's got a nice fruity bouquet and pairs nicely with almost any meal, even second breakfast. Uh, <laughs> it comes in two sizes, whole half, perfect for any halfling. And don't worry, human customers, it also comes in full pints. Um, whether you're coming in after a long day of toiling in the fields of East Farthing or relaxing at the end of the Prancing Pony after a long adventure, Celebrate Fellowship Day and toast to your mates with a nice, refreshing glass of Fellowship Pale Ale. You don't hate freedom, do you? Camera pans out with a view of the Shire, and then the Bag End Brewing um, logo comes up, and it says, they're saying, one flag in to rule them all. That's my commercial. <laughs> I like the one flag in to rule them all. That was, that was clever. That is, yeah. I appreciate the play on words there. Uh, what's your demographic, sir? Everybody in Middle Earth, humans, hobbits, dwarves, we don't discriminate. Our beer is good for everybody. <laughs> so White wizards and gray? Everyone. And also, I don't know if you guys, it's set 300 years after Return of the King, so probably a bit more futuristic with, with the Middle Earth now. I, I don't think, I personally don't think Frodo would have children. He seems too asexual. Oh, no, it's, it's, his, it's his great uncle. So Frodo never had children. He couldn't have children because of the Lord, the, like with the damage of the ring did to him. He couldn't have children. So it's going to be one of his, his, yeah. His, his it's kind of like working in a nuclear power plant and having your balls irradiated <laughs> to the point where you're unable to pass on. Yeah. Your I mean, I'm just impressed that anybody in the family where like the patriarch hero did nothing is going to be motivated enough to continue this brewery are they just going to like are they going to need the help of like the walking trees the birds aragon <laughs> like is sam's family have to get their step eagles carry the family <laughs> to finally make this beer to get it done <laughs> the laziest character in the whole story i mean he basically gets carried by samwise for fucking half the movie yeah when he's not being carried by a bird he did a lot of walking. He did a lot of walking, and he did carry the ring. And also, the ring—he did sacrifice his own life as a, as a as a normal life as a future to deliver that ring because that ring had really destroyed his soul, his very essence of who he is. He had to sacrifice his own person, and he knew it was a one-way trip that he's never going to come back to his life. So that sacrifice is what Fellowship Day entails—the sacrifice I mean, of Frodo. 
could you release like once a year you could do a special beer release and it's the peter jackson version and like, there's another ending to it it's like oh there's still some left <laughs> oh shit that's the extended version it's it's three pints in one bottle yeah <laughs> forever to ever forever okay no no i got one i got one so you're it's like, like you're like it's this version it's so big <laughs> Every time you get, so you get the extended version, and then every time you think you're done a beer, one just keeps showing up. Like there's 14 endings to the movie, you just keep getting another beer each month. Going, this could be the end to play in your the theme. I think that would edition work. of the month club, it's like a beer calendar. Yeah, exactly. They had that at Costco the other the last season. <laughs> beer calendar, open up a beer for every day of Christmas. Um, how is how is this uh, great uncle? You said great uncle, right? Well, great uncle Frodo is Frodo is there. The, this character's great uncle. So like he's, he's related. He's like the nephew. Nephew. Yeah. Yeah. How long do hobbits live where your great uncle is only 300 years or is 300 years old? They have about 100 years? 100 years? I think, no, it's more than that. I think they live a couple hundred years. No, uh, they don't. I think it's about a, it's a, it's about 100 years. Because Bilbo had an extended life from the ring and he was like 111. But uh, they don't they don't live that long. Where well, do not you two hundred years for sure? A crazy long gestation. That's like dwarves or elves. It's the great great uncle. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's hundred years. I think I'm mixing them up with Kender from uh, Dragonlance. My bad. There so. you go. What? Uh, where is this beer made, Martin? Is the Shire. There... Did you not listen to the? No, pitch? I, no I heard the Bad Shire. The... I heard the Shire. Jesus. But I'm I'm just trying to get a little bit more specific with you here. Like, is there is is there a brewery that was made for it? Is it is it Bad End Brewing? Okay. Oh. How, how do they power? Clearly, I missed it. Windmill powered, or is there's it... like a nice river, so they use the the essence, the power of the river to power the the mechanics. But like I said, it is a futuristic time as well. It's like 300 years, so there has been. You could assume that there will be some advancements in technology in Middle Earth like by this semiconductors, time. Semiconductors, planes. Something. They probably learned how to harness the power of lightning, you know? It's not like the Shire we saw. They probably saw. have logic wizards to help them with their mathematics. <laughs> the Shire we saw in the story wasn't like just breaching on industrial revolution and now they have like computers. The Shire we saw was like like early, like just after nomadic, like figuring simple agriculture thing. 300 years in the future is like, we got a rounder wheel. <laughs> we, we now have roofs made of thatch. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the like, kind of shit. Like, you think of like a, like like 2,000 years ago to like 1,700 years ago, there wasn't big change, Martin. Mm. Well, my numbers were off on that one. <laughs> but still, I think it's still a fun product. It's still a good product. So I say like 1,000 years in the future. But even I mean, then, the ancient like, Egyptian still... brewed beer. The, the hobbits still had the technology to brew beer in the Shire. Like they do have their own beer at the the Green Dragon Inn. So, yeah. You just throw a bunch of shit in a bucket and it ferments. You're good. Yeah, I think it was very smart picking an agricultural uh, someone part of an agricultural community in this. How hoppy is this beer? Uh, say they the the new red the newer recipes had a little more hops in the recipe. No. <laughs> I was um, really hoping you were going to have Mary and Pippin as your spokesperson when you said you were doing Lord of the Rings. But they're dead. <laughs> yeah, everybody's dead, Rob. Listen, man, it's my problem. <laughs> but yes, I, I, I was thinking about Mary and Pippin as well. Um, their commercial like, would be awesome. Yeah. They're like partying it up with like a bunch like of, you know, bikini clad, like, you know, hobbits and shit. See, but then the, I don't think they're an inseparable duo because they weren't really, throughout the series, they were separated for a good uh, chunk, so. Mm, they're more together than than not. I, I'd say. 
they're Dutch ruddering half that fucking movie. <laughs> and like, I don't know which one's which, so I think that that's inseparable. To <laughs> <laughs> I be honest, I've seen this movie multiple times and read the books, and I mix them up. <laughs> um, how is how is your uh, master brewer or this great 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 squared uncle of yours? Um, how how is he like? Is he the spokesman, or do you have a different spokesman for your brand? Like, oh, he's just he's just like the like the I guess you would call it the CEO. He's not the master brewer. Um, I didn't Sam think that far. I had to think that. Like, yeah, they're like the the people who eventually took over Baghdad was Samwise, um, and they eventually became like the Gardner family. So they would probably be the ones who were in that because he was yeah. Okay. He was like a gardener. <clears throat> Any uh, anything else, guys? Before we uh, move on and take Martin off the hot seat, I will take that. I was really hoping he was going to take like pick a sci-fi movie instead of a fantasy movie this week, but <laughs> I'll pick a sci-fi <laughs> okay movie for it. next time. I'm okay with it. I like Hobbits. I like I like Lord of the Rings. I yeah, I Frighteners last week, so I'm really into Peter Jackson again. I'm not a big beer drinker, but I would I would try I would try your 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 Shire drink. Sir, I would en- I would enjoy it. I think um, with second breakfast, Mike. You, well, yeah. I mean, I have third <laughs> breakfast in my world, so obviously it's a given. But uh, third lunch, third lunch, <laughs> eleven Z's afternoon tea, dinners, luncheons, any meal, any meal. Eleven Z's. That's so good, man. All right, Martin. I relinquish you from the hot seat. I'm going to put Rob in it right now. Rob, who's your character inspired alcohol? Mine is Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> And not that fucking Jason Momoa remake, which I like had a, like I was excited about, but it sucked. I'm talking about the motherfucking original, co-written by Oliver Stone, Conan the Barbarian from 1982, starring everyone's favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh. Now the the liquor is going to be Crom's Mead, right? <laughs> you know, and every Cimmerian you know worships Crom. We'll drink this mead. And, you know, I'm I'm picturing, you know, you know, Conan with his bastard sword, like giant fucking biceps, you know, like enacted on the fucking ball. I like how you're acting this out for us. <laughs> also, I don't I, I don't in, I don't envision it coming in a bottle. I envision it coming in like a horn from like an animal with like a plug on the top. <laughs> You know, it, it's going to be tricky um, merchandising in the liquor store, but I fear we'll do it. We'll have some kind of thing that hangs off the wall and, and it'll it'll hang there on a string rope. So it's actually a reusable product because it can be repurposed afterwards to, you know, for uh, an accoutrement of different, uh, you know, tasks and processes, right? Because it's important that we're, you know, embodying, embodying zero waste. And a proceeds of each one of these crumbs mead will go to support, um, you know, saving the honeybee as, you know, honey is the main ingredients in this alcohol. And okay. you know, we need to, we need to keep a sustainable supply of it available. Now from a commercial perspective, give me a second. I just got to cue something up on my phone. <laughs> I, <laughs> what, did you do? what did you bring a fucking PowerPoint? <laughs> I was, dude, if I, if I hadn't been so fucking slammed this week, I totally would have fucking done a whole presentation. <laughs> I think about this shit all the whole fucking week leading up to the fucking <laughs> So I imagine that, you know, uh, the commercial is that scene where Conan is sitting there, you know, like, like fucking cross-legged like this. And the guy goes, 
and and this is what his master at the time says to him and goes, Conan, how does Krom's mead make you feel? Crush your enemies. See them driven before. <laughs> 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 oh, I like the sound. He's gonna be lining up all day to buy this shit. <laughs> How much, is a co- how much does a horn of mead cost? Well, the actual horns are not going to, they're, they're not actually harvested from animals. Like, you know, like, oh, good. come on, right? It'll be some kind of, you know, you know, artisanally made fucking thing. We'll probably use 3D printers, so we don't have to rely on China. And um, yeah, you know, that cost per unit down, I'd say, you know, $3.20 for the container. Who's your Who's your demographic? Everyone, just Cimmerians. You know. <laughs> well, everyone who Everyone who worships the snake is gonna love this mead. <laughs> Anybody that Anyone who like you know worships Crom, you know, and is a, and is fucking legit is gonna drink this shit. Okay, fair enough. Uh, did price point like? What do you think? Well, honey is expensive, yeah. right? So it is, you know, and it's it's a premium product. And we only use raw honey. None of this pasteurized shit, you know, mixed up with corn syrup and stuff like that. We're using, you know, authentic ingredients. So, you know, retail, you know, for, you know, for 700 mils, you know, I'm going to do a weird, you know, size. Um, you know, I don't know, $28.99 to $34.99. You know, we'll have some special edition stuff as well, too. You know, we'll have some Val- we'll have a Valkyrie edition, and you know some of those kind of things. So you know, maybe Germ- James Earl Jones will do you know a cameo <laughs> special edition. You know, but you know it'll be dope. I'm glad so you're I not got- using conflict honey. That makes me happy. Oh, I've got- conflict honey is fucking bad news, bro. I got like two asides uh, from my like extreme nerd liquor brain, but I got to throw at you one. Is- <laughs> I, I I question Conan's ability to run distribution channels because <laughs> he he was supposed to go get the princess with a team of people and then just left. Um, the other thing is um, for for those of the, for those of you who have, who've watched Conan the Barbarian closely, um, he specifically asks the wizard if there are any flowers. And there are so few flowers that the wizard laughs at him. So I'm wondering where your uh, where your bees are going to get their source of honey. So oh. Ooh, really shot across the, the bow. Timeline of Conan, and so this is occurring later on when he's not just Conan the Barbarian, but he's Conan the King, and he's taken over, and he's you know he's he's basically resurrected the land, so to speak, away from the evil serpent people, and. All that shit. And... <laughs> I mean, there's got to be some sort of flowers in Hyboria, right? There is, man. That particular of... area was very desolate and arid and all those kind of things. <laughs> um, and I disagree with you that Conan cannot handle distribution. From a young age, he learned the tedious process of doing repetitive tasks over and over and over and over. <laughs> and I believe he can he can he can run supply chain like nobody's business. He did walk that wheel for a long time. So I, I, I can straight, give you man. I can give you a point for that, but I do appreciate Alex's finer 
like just attention to detail. Nobody would have no none of us would have pulled that out. So well done. And don't sir. forget when he was when he after he had become like the 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 cage warrior. He was he you know there's there's a scene where it talks about you know reading and writing was of was made available to him and he like you know learned all this all this all this worldly wisdom of the world you know so obviously there was like business management skills in there <laughs> obviously you know, other shit. <laughs> Martin uh, was what... writing a big thing in, in ancient Sumeria I guess it was it's one of the first written ones but I don't think everyone knew how to write I don't think Conan knew how to write or read. <laughs> well, he did after his, you know, and then, you know, that scene where he's, like, reading books and shit, and then they bring in, like, a woman to, like, mate with him because they want to, like, you know, because he's a fucking dope fucking Austrian warrior. Yeah, they want to they want to make the bloodline stronger. That's right. Martin, uh, you've been kind of quiet about this. How do you feel about Conan's mead? <laughs> I would try it. I mean, I've never, I've always wanted to try mead, but I don't know, like, hmm. It seems like there'd be a. It seems like there'd be a lot of slave labor involved in this one, um, especially <laughs> Conan and the time in Hyboria, ancient Samaria. Like, hey, me, mm, put a lot of people in chains there. <laughs> yeah, but he was in chains, so why would he put other people in chains to make his product? That's crazy. Because he knows how slave labor works. Labor? Obviously, it's obviously going to be a cooperative too, because you know he wants to bring people in and you know share the profits. Oh, so it's gone. It's gone from a corporation to a cooperative. I never said it was a corporation. <laughs> okay, all right, fair enough. You did not. You did not label it as a specific company, so I can appreciate that. Also, this there's is an evolving no pitch, obviously. Oh, hang on. What was it, Alex? You got something? There's no profits in meat. You pick the most expensive, hardest to make alcohol. Absolutely. <laughs> and it doesn't taste that good either. It's not drinkable. I've had good mead, but it's like it's like thirteen, fourteen dollars for like a seven or a three fifty five milliliter. Oh sweet. So my pricing was was spot on. Your pricing was good. Um, <laughs> I, and there there are liquor brands that have done the the animal hide thing and they actually do pretty good. I uh I, I didn't even think about this at all, and I absolutely fucking love it. But yeah, com even if you combine the knowledge of Martin, Rob, and me with what little we know about booze, there's absolutely no way we can compete with the encyclopedia that Alex Black is. And now we're just embarrassing ourselves in front of him because he knows everything well, we at, have no fucking his, clue look about. Look at liquor selection behind him. <laughs> no, yeah. I know. That's I didn't even think of that. I was like, yeah, let's argue alcohol in front of a guy who That's spends eight shows. hours a day with it. Like, what the fuck? This, I only have five bottles. <laughs> this is this is about half. <laughs> so, anyways, um, <laughs> Alex, I will give you the last hot seat, or I will go next. What do you want to do? Do you want to go next, or do you want to go last? This is um, my foods of choice here. Oh Jesus Christ! Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'll 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 let you go because okay. I know what you're picking and I'm 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 I, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> There's just no way that you could have known the news that was going to drop this week. <laughs> and no, there just, isn't. <laughs> just the pure dumb luck. I'm so excited. <laughs> Like, and it's, I think it was 24 hours before it dropped. So that's why this, cause I was like, I could have changed it. I totally could have changed it. I was, I was talking to Alex. I said, I'm like, I just want to give him sideways. <laughs> just give him <laughs> sideways and let's be done with it. 
I, I, I guess I should preface by saying in no way, shape or form, did I know what the outcome of Johnny Depp's trial was going to be? <laughs> Second to that, let's just make this fucking clear. I don't want to get involved in that conversation. I don't think if he didn't, I, I, if he did anything, he's a fucking asshole. And if he didn't, well, that's life. But this is all about Jack and this is not about Johnny. Just so we're clear. <laughs> so anyways, my pick is Jack Sparrow from the Pirates of the Caribbean series, obviously. My booze is titled Jack Sparrow's Special Reserve. Um, it's an older rum. I found out that the easiest way to make a really good, I, and this is mostly research, so if I'm wrong, please please feel free to tell me. Uh, but we take an older rum, and we blend it with a younger rum to create a blend. It's then aged in uh, barrels that once previously aged uh, bourbon. And then it's recharred and added to a cast that used to hold sherry, then cognac, then to get a rich profile and color. Uh, the distillery itself was built out of the wreckage of the Black Pearl. Pearl. And uh, when you show up at said distillery, you must pledge your allegiance to Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll be banished to Davy Jones's locker. Um, that's just part of the daily tours. Location, San Juan, Puerto Rico, because Bacardi's not the only one who's allowed to occupy the island. Um, my marketing plan. It's pretty simple. Uh, I was going to head all over North America and I was going to stop off at um, different boat launches and and then set up Black Pearl pop-ups. Uh, basically, uh, we're trying to be market marketing to 35 to 50 years old with a 300 with a 150 to 250,000 dollar income, all right? Uh, people who like to travel so basically, we're playing into the whole Caribbean aspect of our pitch. Uh, you get three samples of different cocktails that we offer. Uh, also, we'd be setting up outside of uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disney World just because you're allowed to drink in Disney World. Parents need a way to you know kind of chill out while their kids are going nuts. So we'll have a pop-up there. Um, at all these pop-ups, you'll be able to get pictures with Will Turner, Captain Barbosa, Elizabeth Swan, and of course Jack Captain Jack Sparrow. There would be an Instagram wall with some sort of weird background, probably from Tortuga or maybe Run Runner's Isle, but you know, a definite hotspot to get our social media going. Uh, the slogan, obviously, what about the rum? That would be the slogan. Uh, and then my commercial. I thought you guys remember the old PC Mac commercials with Justin Long. Yeah. Okay. So I'd have Johnny Depp himself walk in. <laughs> I'd have Johnny Depp himself walk in, uh, and he's just drinking a run-of-the-mill scotch. He starts to explain its taste, its history, its profile. Uh, inner Jack Sparrow. So Jack Sparrow's Justin Long, and <laughs> Martin, you're looking really scared right now. <laughs> So uh, Jack Sparrow's Justin's Long is Justin Long's character, and ja and uh, Johnny Depp is the PC in this exchange. Uh, so he's just sitting there drinking. Johnny Depp uh, watches Jack Sparrow walk in, and Jack Sparrow goes, "What about the rum?" JD looks confused. Jack Sparrow says, "You know, rum, pirates, scallywags, Barbosa." Johnny Depp says, "I have no idea what you're talking about." Jack Sparrow says, "Well, let me tell you about the legend," and he goes through the whole pitch. So you're watching Jack Sparrow pitch Johnny Depp on the whole idea. Uh, What's the pitch? Uh, it's it's basically just what I've said, really. Like it's it's a breakdown of the history, where it comes from, where it's where it's distilled. Okay, um, all those things, right? Like your 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 basic hot points in a commercial. How long do you remember the at the Mac versus PC commercials being? I'm extending sure. it. It's a director's cut. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> 
five-minute Super Bowl window. Ever. Everyone will not turn the channel. This is this is the nineteen eighty four. The only way this commercial works is if people still have tube TVs without remote controls, where they actually have to physically walk up to the TV to turn the fucking channel. This is. I have a question. Hey, okay, um, all right, Martin, go ahead. I feel like the only way you're gonna watch this commercial is you know how YouTube has those ads. Like that are longer than thirty seconds, like the five minute ones that just go and you can skip ahead. That's the only reason. That's the only way you're gonna watch this commercial, unless you're gonna pay five million for a five minute Super Bowl ad. And, I'm, you know, I'm marketing. Or you're waiting to, you're waiting for the movies to start at the movie theater, and it's like that five minute commercial, and you're just like, fuck it. Well, I'm not going anywhere, and I can't play on my phone right now because that's rude. <laughs> I modeled the commercial after the 1984 Mac release commercial, the big epic one that nobody ever understood. So yes, I, I am buying. Dialogue. I, well, I, but I'm cha- listen. This is my pitch. Leave me alone. Um, so like, I did model it. 1984. A new revolutionary technology will be released. <laughs> anyways, let me finish my pitch. So, anyways, Johnny Depp says, "Sounds delicious. Let's have a drink." And then Jack Sparrow says, "This will day. This will be the day you always remember that you almost got drunk with Captain Jack Sparrow." Grabs the bottle of rum, runs off the screen. Exit. Fade to black. Commercial over. That's my pitch. Now I'm going to let Alex go last because I'm sure he's got a full fucking chamber for me to let loose on. (laughs) So, Martin, let's give you the floor to attack my idea. Action. Oh, I just. Two weeks in a row, like, of uh, Sean Connery, now Johnny Depp. Like, what the fuck? Um, You can't criticize me for Sean Connery. You were there. I do what I like about your 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 um your uh pitch your whole spiel was the fact that you reuse parts of the Black Pearl, which is a huge part of the parts of the Caribbean story, to to make your barrels and to age your your rum in, which I like. Um, commercial was a was a little long. <laughs> I give it that. I don't know how you're gonna fit that in. It's it, it, it like the only reason the only way I could see that commercial coming out is if you break it up into parts. And they'd be like, to be continued. And then you have like five different commercials going at once. Like the skip the dishes, delivery, like with John Hamm, like those commercials. Or I own my own network and it doesn't fucking matter. Do you own your own network in this world too? No, no, I don't. No, no, no. I'm just saying that's the only way I could get away with it. You think you're smart enough to own your own network and then dumb enough to let that commercial air on it? (laughs) Wow. Also too, I just have to comment when you said... Marketed to people the ages of thirty-five to fifty who own who make an average of two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Is it just old white people? Is that your demographic? All old white people? No, I'm just I'm. I'm... And we play golf. <laughs> That's what? what it sounded like when you were pitching it to me. I'm like, this drink is is de- is demographic. The demographic is old white people. It's made for people who enjoy a finer product that's more expensive than a run-of-the-mill standard Bacardi, standard Pirates. Not old, rich, white people. I don't give a fuck about the color of your skin. I just want the demographic that's <laughs> 150 to 300,000 in income. That's all I care about. Doesn't matter what skin so the color you are. You're marketing to the 1%? Yeah, fuck. The 1%ers have money. It's an easy call. But it also, it was, it, I mean, I mean, to his, in his defense, it is a reserve. So it's not like it's going to be mass produced. This is a, a specialty line. Yes. It's going to be a premium <laughs> price point. We're only blah, making blah, a, blah. A X amount of barrels. We're not, this isn't Wait, like a yearly product. You said you had cocktails. What were your cocktails? Oh, I did. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I had a. Uh, going to mix it with a cherry Coke. I had, I had three. <laughs> Hang on. No, 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 no. Vanilla Pepsi. Fuck off. Back in the market <laughs> for this <you>. <laughs> 
<laughs> Cherry Coke, Rob. Leave it. Leave that alone. So um, it will only work at landmark cinemas that has that fancy coke dispensing machine <laughs> where i can get the flavor shots with whatever soft drink i please all right all right all right all right. okay so cocktails i had the bootstrap spill in honor of bootstrap bill william turner's father uh which was an old-fashioned with smoked vanilla and blackberries and it's like a smoke infused cocktail as opposed to just saying you know adding a smoky like a smokiness to it um, Are you going to burn part of the black pearl to create the smoke? I hadn't decided on that, but that's a super solid idea, so I'll take it. I feel like you're running out of wood. Yeah, it's a finite resource. So yeah. There's only one like black the pearl. The brewery's made out of the wood. The keg, the casks are made out of the wood. The fucking smoke is made from the wood. Yeah, no, we 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 don't we leave nothing behind. We like to upcycle everything. Uh, Rum Runners Island Delight, which is a banana daiquiri with fresh with fresh blueberry puree, with two ounces of JS Special Reserve, served in the actual bottle Jack drinks out of in the movie. So that's a in big a fucking yeah, it's a daiquiri. Yeah, but in a bottle, like you. Yeah, it's like, it's fucking marketing. It's not meant to be you know ut- utility. And then not a daiquiri. The, the fruit. <laughs> not a daiquiri. <laughs> Not a just not a daiquiri. And then lastly, I had the, I had not a, not a daiquiri. <laughs> I had the dark and sparrow, which was our play on a dark and stormy. Except it's just four ounces Thank of you. dark rum over too many. I, yeah, I love punny names. That's great. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> so it's just four ounces of dark rum poured over ice. Uh, too many of these, it gets you stormy. So those were my three. Uh, my three what cocktails. What type of ice? Um, from, uh, from Greenland. No, sorry. From Iceland. And, uh, like Greenland is the icy one. Iceland is the, I'm is not the, liking this carbon around. footprint. <laughs> <laughs> also, these cocktails sound like they pair nicely with a double, double cheeseburger from McDonald's. Oh, they totally do. <laughs> I kept that in mind. That was, that was, that was on the menu. Um, but are you going to be bringing this, these cocktails into the movies with you as well as the bag of cheeseburgers to, when you go to like landmark cinema? <laughs> I mean, if I could, I would, I mean, I wouldn't stop myself, but, uh, are you, are, are you going to give away free mascara with every bottle <laughs> at the liquor store? Yeah. Yeah. That'll be my, my bottle promo. So instead like of getting, a, yeah, instead of getting a glass, you get some, some mascara <laughs> that hangs around the top of the bottle. <laughs> So you can get that full Jack Sparrow effect, and yes. then if you if you if you buy enough of this, can you trade in the UPCs to get a Jack Sparrow hat? Probably, yeah. No, these I, I really need to put you in charge of my marketing because I I shit the bed on this, but I can I heard see thirty five to fifty year olds are really into collecting UPCs and <laughs> sending them in. So, um, Alex, I can see you drooling, so I'm just gonna let you have the floor here. Um, punching bag ready, buddy. Oh, for so many reasons. So one, uh, I mean, like from a technical standpoint, uh, rum is one of the cheapest things you can possibly make. Um, it has like no legislation. It has no, it has very little, I mean, pe- people I like, I teach with are going to slap me for saying that, but it's a very loose category, especially um, in Puerto Rico where you've, where you've chosen to make it. Um, so financially, as far as production methods concerned, you, you picked one of the cheapest things you could make, which, which is smart. Uh, the tourist and visitor center is something. Question, that's Alex. What up? Is it cheap to make because they don't pay their employees a decent wage? Because <laughs> it's yeah, a third world country. country. Yeah, we yeah. don't. We don't need to get into that. But yeah, a lot. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of the times, yes. <laughs> but it's because they, it, what's the what's the raw material? Sugar cane. 
So for so for the most part, so rum rum is generally in most places made from molasses. Okay. So you're using you're using a um, a good that is um, a waste product, right? So you're already going through the sugar making process, and then you're left over with the molasses. So then you're able to make a product with the molasses. It's it's quite ingenuitive how the whole like rum category came along. Um, also counter to Rob you have like shipping channels right there and available to you, which I think is, is great too. Um, visitor center, something that people are invested into right now, which is huge. Um, the one thing I, I need to bring up and I'm so excited <laughs> is do you remember, uh, Captain Jack Sparrow's first lines of dialogue in the very first movie? Yeah, vaguely I'll, I'll step on it. So I know you've got it saved. Go ahead. I don't have it saved. <laughs> but he's asked by it's I, I don't know what what island he first goes to, but he goes he's somewhere and he 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 rides the ship yes, in yes. on like the crow's nest, and then the officer asks what he's here for. Do you remember what he says? <sighs> You're gonna tell me <laughs> to rape. <laughs> <laughs> definitely a good me too moment. Yeah. So I'm super I'm super excited to to see you try to to make rapey rum a thing. Uh, <laughs> I also I also it's funny because as you were like saying the like the the what barrels you were aging it in, I I know for sure which marketing departments, like, like wrote the whatever information you wrote. Oh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> Sherry and cognac. Um, but it's I mean yeah that's that's something new. Um. Yeah, I mean, overall good. I just feel like there's a lot of people that wouldn't put it on their shelves because of the raping. But... <laughs> you really can't. So, Mike, did you play or uh, Mike? Did you plagiarize the process from another company? No, no. I I researched what some of the aging processes were for different okay. clarities of rum. So your your white rum, your amber, and your dark. So I was looking more at the dark side of things. Clearly, with my rapey character, and. Uh, I just uh, so yeah so that is that is one way to age it. I didn't plagiarize or copy a specific brands. I tried to stay as far away from that as possible, just so the twelve people listening, one of them isn't you know a distiller of rum, and uh, yeah. But I uh, that's where I kind of came up with my idea. Rapey rum. <laughs> rum is basically like the sloppy seconds of the liquor industry. It's, I mean, like, without getting, like, crazy nerdy, rum is, like, um, you know, like, I, so I'm, I'm educated in, in, in all of this stuff, and I've made rum. I made rum in, uh, in New England a couple of years ago. I, oh, that's I worked cool. distillery out there. Um, rum is its own cool little category. So I've always said that, like, rum, like, people who love rum and who are in the rum world, they're, like, the Dungeons and Dragons people of the alcohol world. We're, like, like, the people who make, like, gin and, and vodka and whiskey and like and tequila we kind of all talk amongst each other share ideas and then there's this like whole crazy world of rum that is as vibrant and as as different as all of those things combined rum is it's it's its own world and the people who love it love it like is it made in basements a lot because that's what i when you said D and rum i was like that's what i picture it just made it a bunch of parents basements <laughs> i also oh, take offense awesome. to the D comments <laughs> No, I just mean they're like they're they're part of their own little community that doesn't bring in you know like you know D doesn't really branch off really like you don't like play D and D and then get into other games. You're kind of like a D and Der for life, and that's the rum world. Like I like D and D, and I play Catan. 
Those are two different games. <laughs> two different genres of games. I saw the Catan in the back. <clears throat> Either way, rum people are are their their own kind of cool little world, and it's awesome. Um, and yeah, it's 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 a great world of ingenuity, and it doesn't get a lot of respect, which is a shame because, um, you know, the people who make rum and no rum are awesome. A lot of people in in North America that are making some of the best rum that are kicking around, they came from like the world of cognac and decided to cha- challenge themselves with rum. So yeah, anyone listening, I you know go out and find a good rum. They're hard to find on shelves, but it's, so Captain it's, Morgan's not good. No, no. We could talk about rape there too. Um, <laughs> well, Captain Morgan hasn't been hit with the Me Too movement yet, but can I can I just state that Jack would go through an incredible amount of sensitivity training before he was unleashed into the public? I just want to make sure. Like I know I know what he says. He's here to rape and pillage and he's I think it's Tortuga that he shows up on because that's where that's where the Black Pearl is found, like after the interceptor and it run into each other in the opening scene. Um so but yeah, no, his his, his opening line being a Disney movie, I think they, they they let that one slip. Everybody was like, are we okay with rape? Yep, totally. A lot of yes people in the room that day. I just love that you picked a, a person who's in the spotlight for a sexual assault case. <laughs> opening line is, I'm here to rape um, for your pitch this week. It, I'm, I'm so happy. <laughs> it couldn't have been better timed. And I was like, should I go back? Should I go to sideways? Nope, I'm going to go through with this. Let's see if I'm going to argue it. And, and exp- you know, just statement it's it's all about jack it's not about johnny johnny's a piece of shit if this is true so alex you get the last hot seat my friend i am ready go so i have chosen the duo of bill and ted (laughs) most excellent yes um and the product they are making is a what we call in the industry an rtd or a ready to drink um, oh boy! So which which kind of colloquially are called vodka sodas uh, nowadays, but they've been around forever. Hard seltzers. Um, we have hay y'alls out on the west coast. I don't know if you guys have hay y'alls um, on the prairies yet. It's the end all be all. It's iced tea that gets you drunk. It's the best thing ever. Um, but uh, you know, it was uh, what was it? Zima back in the day. They've been around, but um, that is it. Uh, the 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 flavored vodka soda from Bill and Ted. Um, and the reason that I think it's going to be crazy successful is these people are essentially co-Jesuses for 700 years that we know of. <laughs> so the longevity of the brand is insane. Well played, sir. Well played. You have a 700-year guarantee that that your, your, your founder and spokesperson isn't a little rapey. <laughs> isn't going to get canceled. Um, it comes with, they come with their, you know, cause in the liquor industry, sex sells. So all marketing princesses oh, yes. up to the princesses. They're going to be the ones hawking the goods. It's going to be great. But also in, in the alcohol world, one of the big things that's never really like talked about in marketing or conversation is, um, so every, you know, I mean, we had, we had a beer and a mead today, which is, which is great. And those would fill the roles, but you, you don't drink liquor at major events. You drink cans and bottles of stuff. And these guys are going to play concerts on Mars. <laughs> they se- they sell out the grand Canyon. However you sell out the grand Canyon. <laughs> you know? 
you know, when they played the Midwest, the crop yield rose. <laughs> that's news. That's that's a front page news story right there. So we're, we're the audience, the collective audience, like Rob was mentioning earlier about like having to sit through the, the commercial at the show. If you're playing a concert for millions and millions of people and the only thing to drink is your booze. Yeah, that's you've money. Got also, you have this offshoot of like limited edition flavors where they can go back in time and oh, find extinct fruits and vegetables and make flavors of it. <laughs> yeah. And also, if you like, if you get into it, so in the second movie, in Bo- I know like, we're, I was supposed to stay on the first one, yeah. but in Boat Journey, they say that Bill and Ted's music brought together all forms of life throughout the universe. So stations there, so we know that there's aliens, mm-hmm. but it also briefly mentions that animals have now become part of like what we can communicate. So you're not only just like marketing this to the humans and aliens, but also all living creatures on Earth and all the other planets. I'm so glad you brought up station. That makes me happy. Station. 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 <laughs> That's a genius marketing plan, man, because you have got you you've you've got continuity for fucking years. Like you're you're not you're not pigeonholing yourself into one market. You've captured the market, so to speak. Yeah. And it's the cheapest possible product to make. Definitely. So is like, I've always thought of those as something that people turn their nose down at. Like when they first came out, were they not really perceived well, like the Jack and Coke mix? That's when I remember those coming out and vaguely in the States is where I saw them, not in Canada at all. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's the PT Barnum thing, right? There's a sucker born every minute. They're, they're generally not good. They're poorly made. But people buy them and they make a lot of money. And yeah. People like convenience. A lot of people just like the convenience of it, and it's just I, a, it's an easy product to to just you know have on the go. Like if you're going camping and you have those like the cans, ready to made vodka sodas. And aluminum is the most recycled material. Aluminium. Aluminium. I have one qualm. I'll start. I totally appreciate that the alcohol industry is sexy and sex sells sex. I mean, Don Draper, we know sex sells, right? If you know anything about marketing, it's the easiest. If, if it, if it bleeds, it leads skin to win all those crappy things, which I hope I got right. And I didn't blend them with another one. But uh, the, the point is, is that yes, the princesses are great marketing material, but I feel that you would get called out on just for going default with the princesses. I think if you used Bill and Ted, in a comical, cheesy way to market the sexiness, that would be a new way of doing it because we always know a hot girl on a car sells or a hot girl in front of uh, any product. Like, I'll buy a book if there's a hot girl sitting in front of it, depending on the book, right? But, you know, so I'm that's the only marketing hole I see is just going with the easy and then being ridiculed for that and then losing your, losing your female base because if you are trying to go with everybody, um, even though Bill and Ted have conquered the hearts and minds of the world four times over, you still have mixed feelings. I, I, I'm assuming you'd still have mixed feelings because we're not all autonomous and robots and it's not a brave new world. So going with the female thing, I think you'd just lose on that. But that's me. Martin, what do you think? Um, I like the idea. Like I said, uh, it's the ready to drinks are, are very convenient. And I think in, a, in this day and age, like a lot of people, like the average person prefers convenience. Like look at stuff like Uber. Like here in Vancouver, taxis are dying because no one takes taxis. 
I mean, Uber is just way more convenient. You get a better service or Lyft, other those, all those ride shares, way more convenient. Um, I like the fact that you you brought up the, you could get extinct fruits. I thought that was pretty cool. You get the time travel aspect of Bill and Ted and why not go back to get those, those distinct flavors and also other planets. I like that too. Yeah, no, all the all the the reach that he has and the idea I just, and the all I love Mike's all those points of of having not having the girls as the forefront. I just feel like if you had Bill and Ted in the forefront, they might like they I know they're not malicious in in any sense, but they might say something stupid that gets them canceled <laughs> and they won't realize it. That's the only thing I have against that. Like I mean, you have to keep them on a short lease because they're not the most like they're 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 nice people, but you know, yeah, they're not. Can't slip. There's not a lot of brilliance about there. Slipping up at an event and saying the wrong thing, and it'd be like, oh shit, we are not allowed to say that. There is a little bit of homophobia in the rewatch of, of, <laughs> yes. of the Bill and Ted series, which is which was unfortunate. Actually, the entire rewatch of the Bill and Ted series was unfortunate. I used to like those movies. I they're terrible. <laughs> did you did you have death in anything at all? Like, was he kind of hanging around, or did did we leave death out of the whole equation? I mean, like, I feel like you can do like the offshoot fla- offshoot flavors. You know, like uh, you know, bones. yeah, we can do you know like sort of uh, Halloween like, special. Yeah, Grim Reaper grapefruit, or you know, you can do whatever. Uh, what do you want? Oh, but, but, Grim Reaper, the one core brand. It's you know, it's just the one you know. Yeah. to make it, and then and everything else is an offshoot. I will say about the princesses though, that they are chaste and educated women. That's true. That's true. They are. A, Bill and Ted have punched up when it comes to the princesses. So, yeah, you are right. They're not. They, yeah. they refuse to be. Um, uh, uh, they refuse to give in to Bill and Ted's desires until <laughs> after marriage. This is so true. I don't think that they're going to be, you know, overtly pushing the sexiness. But, you know, much like Mila Kunis has been a great uh, brand ambassador for Jim Beam of recent years. I feel like they would fill in the role. I feel like, you know, men and women both can appreciate men as opposed to getting a man to do anything where men are going to hate them and women are going to hate them as well. Copy that. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. I I almost take my comment back. (laughs) Um, Rob, what about you, buddy? You've been quiet. What do you, what do you think about Bill and Ted's uh, ready to go? I know you said that you got 700 years of fucking built in fucking product buying and all that kind of stuff. This is my counter to that. And you said that they are going to elevate and unite the world in this harmonious, wonderful thing. So everyone, everything's copacetic and everyone is content and happy. So nobody's going to fucking drink anymore. Because <laughs> people fucking drink is because life is shitty a lot of the time. And we need to take the fucking edge off. We got to blow off some steam. So my counter to all this is that in this future where the world is united and everything is integrated with the animals and nature and shit, there, there just won't be a need for liquor anymore. And you know, your, your base is done. Though we do see in Bill and Ted's bogus journey with the main uh, protagonist that not everybody is happy with the outcome. True. There's a couple angry people for sure, but um they don't strike me as the easy to drink kind of people. They stri- strike me as the straight to the bourbon bottle kind of person. <laughs> I don't think that they would be like, I guess 
to, I guess, just to build up on Rob's, not build up, but like, I guess, say something on Rob's point. But like, I mean, look at Star Trek. You got like a um, basically a, a utopia society and they still drink there, right? In the Federation, people still drink. People still enjoy some Romulan ale. So, I mean, I, I don't think that would, just because the world's happy, it would totally eliminate drinking. Maybe it, it would eliminate the abuse of drinking, but still, people would still drink. I, I agree that it's utopian, though. I think, I, that, I, think, I think they basically, they 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 wash the Star Trek so you don't get to see the nitty-gritty, dirty underbelly of it. And and to, to Rob's point, yeah, okay, so we have a utopia. That's more of a reason to drink. Because now you can celebrate without any repercussion whatsoever. So I kind of I like I like that all of life's bullshit has kind of been wiped off the scene, and now it's just having fun. Stuff. We're only gonna drink, you know, reserve rum and shit like that. <laughs> no, you're not. Nobody buys a rapey product. <laughs> so Rob, I uh, I founded this this organization for mental health and alcoholism. So if the only reason that you drink is to forget the world. I've got some people that you can talk to. <laughs> I'm, 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 over, I'm oversimplifying. <laughs> to try to win some terrible it's argument a, that I'm not going to win. It's no, a pretty no, dark place where it's like, the only reason I drink is because I live in Winnipeg and I have to cheer for the Jets. <laughs> not really in hockey, and I like Winnipeg because I can live like a king here and not have to make a lot of money to do that. <laughs> all righty then. So I think we've all expressed our opinions on said matters so far. Uh, this is the first time we're ever going to actually have to vote virtually. So I figured guys just drop it in your con, like in the comments, just throw everything Press in the there. Comments. So oh, chat, the look chat. for the chat group. Yep. I'll close down the, why don't we like hold up like a piece of paper? Cause I didn't bring any fucking paper and I'm too lazy to move right now. Right. Is it, uh, your is hand. it we, write it on your hand go like this are we are we doing like just like like first past the post one or do we rank so like it, no just one we just go one. one representation yeah yeah so you alex you're gonna vote for whoever you think one except like you're basically gonna vote for anybody except yourself okay so that's the whole premise of it um with that said we do keep track of this there is a trophy coming at the end of the year for the amount of debates we've had this year and uh I have absolutely no problems uh, doing this right now. I'm good to go. Are you guys, do you need some more time? Do you want to think about this? I mean, there were some, there were some serious points that were brought up. <laughs> nope. You guys all look good? Okay, fine. We're good. I'm all right. Good. I'm so, feeling like you might be a shoe in this this week, Mike. I don't okay. think so. I, I really have... I have zero faith in winning. I just wanted some laughs and some awkwardness, and I think I've achieved both. Uh, Johnny Depp's piece of shit, but um, <laughs> you really, uh, you really raped and pillaged this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is my bitch today, guys. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna lean in here. Alrighty, to everyone. Okay, so on the count of three, just put your answer in and then hit it. Okay, so one. Two, three. <laughs> we have a fucking tie. I can't believe we have a fucking tie. Why do we have a tie? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hang on here. No, it's, it's, oh, it's, yeah, sorry. It's, it's I read that wrong. I read that it's, wrong. It's a three to one. It's a three to one. Wins. Alex, I knew this was going to happen, but I'm glad it happened anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it took so a lot of effort. To at like... home, it says Alex... Martin votes to get wild with a Y because wild, wild stallions most excellent. And then Alex Bart voted for Martin. 
because somebody had to. Um, <laughs> I got a vote. <laughs> I am I am utterly surprised, guys, that none of you voted for me. I'd like to I'd like to have a conversation about this later, please, off script. Uh, <laughs> I just I couldn't vote for you. Just... I wouldn't vote for me either, man. Like, do it, man. I was because I was like, okay, I love rum. My stepdad loves rum. I know Alex has traveled and 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 done courses in education on rum. So I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna pad to the pro on this one. I'm definitely going to uh, play favorites on this. And then Johnny Depp had to get in shit this week. I mean, it was fucking coming. I mean, it was for two or three yeah. months. Yeah, I know, but I did. I don't read the court dates. I don't know when shit's being dropped. I don't know when a verdict is coming. So that was just my bad paying attention to the wrong entertainment news this week. Um, but I do want to close off with, and this is kind of how we had envisioned this show, which was like a comparison of real life versus movie life. And what is gotten right on screen, what's gotten wrong on screen, continuity-wise and all that. And because Alex has been... Alex, how long have you been bartending for now? 20 years. Jesus Christ. So, out of anybody <laughs> that we know, we know that your opinion is... Well, you're, you're, you're going to know more than anyone we know. So, um, we'll start with an easy one. What is your favorite movie that revolves around either bartending or the preservation or presentation of alcohol. Like what one do you, do you go to in your mind? Um, like fit, like, like alcohol is involved and it is just my favorite movie. Yeah. 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 We'll start there. Content. Yeah. 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 Ooh. Um, that's a good question. Uh, I feel like, I mean, alcohol is in, in a lot of movies. Where it's taking the stage, let's say, like where it's part of the plot, where it's part of what's going on, like it doesn't have like to a be... sideways, like sideways. Yeah, alcohol yeah. is pretty much the main stage, or alcohol um... is like the main. Oh, so we're talking like okay, like those types of movies. Um, I mean, The Good Heart. Yeah, you mentioned yeah. that. I haven't seen that. Yeah, oh. The Good Heart. Um, yeah, the the Good Hearts, and then also like, uh, um, Drinking Buddies. Is that the Olivia? Okay. Olivia Wilde. No, Olivia, Olivia, Olivia Wilde, Wilde, Jason Sudeikis. Oh well, yeah. And yeah. what's her face from I Pitch really Perfect? Like that one. Um, two two really good movies that revolve around it, and um, I think do like a really good, um, accurate commentary on what like drinking culture really is. Yeah, Drinking Buddies is really good because it's also it 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 kind of falls around. I thought it was more of a romantic comedy, but it's actually a romantic a romance story that takes place in a brewery. Like it's the the brewery is the main uh, location a, place, but it's a it's a buddy. You know, one thing I liked about that is like the I had to watch it twice because the first time, in, I mean, it's semi spoiler alert, but there's like you you're watching it and like there's this idea in your head where like don't make this a romantic, don't make this a romantic thing, don't make this a romantic <laughs> thing, and then it gets to the end and it's not, and you're like, well, now I need to go back and watch it, knowing yeah. that they're not going to do like the Disney ending for this. And just enjoy it, and I, I really liked it for that. And also, you know, it's a, it's a, I don't know what it was released on big screen. I assume because I think it was before streaming, but um, it gets like extra props for being set in Chicago, and they drink Malort, which is a super like regionally specific thing that they only drink in Chicago that so few people know uh, goes on there. Uh, it's Anna Kendrick too. Anna Kendrick, Jake Johnson, Jason Sudeikis, Olivia Wilde. 
Yes. And Anna Kendrick was drunk for her game night scene. I read that this morning, actually. She, oh, I love she, her. I know you do. You you are the only person I know who has got a hardcore love for Pitch Perfect, and I appreciate that. I think, I think I've watched it. Aka amazing, Petro. <laughs> I've recently watched it. I now get it. I know I used to give you shit about that when you were in Winnipeg. I'd be like, how can you... How? But I, uh, my movie, my, my love for movies has changed recently, so it, it does have a special place in my heart. It tunes properly. Um, okay, so next question here. Unless, Martin or Rob, do you have, <laughs> Rob's just laughing at me about my love now for Pitch Perfect too. Do you guys have any questions for, for Alex before I kick in here? Is there anything you were thinking of asking? What is your favorite liquor this week? My favorite week, my favorite liquor every week is Jack Daniels. <laughs> That's an easy Why? answer. Good follow-up question. Most people just make fun of me when I say that um, because it's like a security blanket. Um, Jack Daniels has been there when I was stealing liquor out of my best friend, Rob Matioski's liquor cabinet when I was 15 years old. It was there when I was drinking in university. It's been behind every bar that I've ever, ever worked in. It's delicious. It's well-made. It has one of the best stories in the in the whiskey world. Um, and, and it's just familiar to me. So I, I love it. I can agree with that. Definitely. I, uh, yeah. Um, you just, you just, just made Jack Daniels less mega hat for me. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Rob, take your hand off your mic. You're not coming in clear. You've made Jack Daniels less <laughs> mega hat for me. <laughs> uh, what is a piece of shit movie? that just makes bartending and the profession look like crap because I, I would, I would assume that Hollywood has not done a good enough job at representing the side of the industry that you're in. Um, having started mind the bar and the mental health awareness that should go into the health, uh, the hospitality industry. Like it's always portrayed as more of a rebellion or more of a bad boy kind of thing. So what's the one movie that just pisses you off to, to no end? Um, I mean, you know, like the, like the, the me part of the industry, like the educated bartender who like knows the history of cocktails, we're still very new. So I wouldn't expect Hollywood to really nail it just yet. Um, you know, there are, there are bits and pieces of things that annoy me. I think that like every bartender in their head thinks that when they go on shift, whether male or female, you're one of the cast members of coyote ugly <laughs> like you know it's that like that meme of like what like what's what like what i think i do what i actually do like we all think we're like we're controlling the crowd and we're rock stars you know there's there's a great saying um, about bartenders like you know bartenders are just rock stars that couldn't be bothered to learn instruments um so so i think that like you know even the ones where people are like you know if you're early bartending career it's like oh uh, like fuck Tom Cruise and fuck Coyote Ugly. I think like as you get comfortable in the career, you're kind of like, no, there's a place for that. And that's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, so, so I don't think there's anything that I see where it's just like outright, that's terrible. I mean, like the great thing about the bartending world is there's, there's places for like the nightclub people, the flair people, the mixology people and all of that, um, which is really great. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's tough to say i mean i will say that like in cocktail a movie that a lot of people dump on which i love for so many reasons the most accurate portrayal of bartending in that movie isn't the tom cruise one 
it's Tom Cruise's uncle when he's in the Irish pub <laughs> yeah. for that short scene, and the regular le- like leaves his money on the counter for like too long. He's like, no, that was that was my change. He's like, no, that was a tip. That was on my side of the bar. <laughs> I, I, I super appreciate that scene. But yeah, there's there's nothing I see that I just like absolutely hate, um, unless it's just like people like physically pouring drinks wrong when they're bartending, like like with a wrong grip or something like that. Yeah, like the the the, the tiny little things that they just don't think matters that you guys train and practice and figure out over time. They, yeah. yeah, like there's some there's some things in Coyote Ugly where you look at it, and you're like. If you bartended a full night pouring a drink like that, you would have carpal tunnel syndrome in a week. <laughs> Did they? But does but does the director tell them to pour it like that when they're filming it because it looks more sexy or something? Maybe. Um. No. Like modern, more modern sets will actually like hire people. So like I'm part of a mm-hmm. like a, I don't even know like a casting list or whatever you call it here in Vancouver, where bartending is a skill set that I have, so I can be brought on as a consultant or like as mm-hmm. an actual actor which hasn't which hasn't happened yet but it's happened to the people i know where they just like they hire you knowing that you know how to do this and they'll they'll put you in the back so i don't Sweet. i i'd be super impressed you know if somebody actually was like no you are like this type of personality you don't know what you're doing so you pour it this way um that would be like a deep dive i, would, I yeah that would be amazing if an, a director had that kind of like nuance fincher would because you would make somebody do like 96 takes of pouring one fucking beer. <laughs> I think We're that use up this whole roll of film. We like, have a whole box of film. We're going to use it all. Well, no, like, I mean, we all know he's digital, but like I, he may, well, for, for... I, I was making fun of him. Like, yeah, pre- yeah, no, I know what you're saying, but like, he, I think he forgets that just because you're now digital and not actual film, that it must cost less, but you're still paying everybody on set to be there during your 200 takes, which is why I think he's just the most expensive guy to work with. It's not because he demands a high fee. I bet he just wants a thousand takes to edit through where Alfred Hitchcock was like, I'm only going to do what the, I can do so that the studio can't, can't have any say about reshoots or editing. Like I'm only doing this. This is my idea where Fincher's like, I want to have it 19 different ways. I want a thousand different ways it can be edited. Thus I'm the most expensive guy to work with. It's but. a different, I mean, it, it, you're comparing two different eras for yeah, sure, but I can yeah. where you're coming from. Definitely. Um, well, I think in the fifties, I think in the fifties, the film actually might've actually been as expensive or more expensive than actually paying the crew to be there. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, like, that's that's changed over time. Film is... wage is 23 cents. <laughs> <laughs> Want to come Slavery make a Charlie Chaplin film? <laughs> Sorry, what was that, Alex? Slavery gets shit done. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, I just want to say, I'm not for cheap labor for putting my distillery... <laughs> <laughs> in san juan puerto rico i just wanted to give bacardi a rum for their money pun intended that was the only reason i wanted to put another distillery next to them so that they didn't own the, the whole fucking place that was that was what i was that's thinking. a i mean that's that's i mean like the the labor thing is something that the to like to get on like a semi-serious well, actually a very serious topic here it's something that like the liquor industry really pays a lot of money to be pushed aside i flew down to nicaragua a couple of years ago um, to check out like the conditions in the cane fields. And I did a lot of research with like ethics professors and um, eco. Uh, I, this is, I've, I've had a lot of whiskey. I can't think of fancy <laughs> terms right now. Go um, warriors. But yeah, like a, a lot of people. And yeah, like there's a, there's a lot of 
a lot of what we drink is very damaging, especially when you get into the world of like Latin spirits and, uh, you know, developing nations. Um, and to like, to, to bring a serious moment to the conversation, as, as much as like my two favorite male celebrities, w like without hesitation, are probably The Rock and George Clooney, the, the amount of terrible things that those tequila brands are doing to the community and the environment and the ground, like the physical soil in Mexico is beyond heartbreaking. Um, it's, I mean, and it, and it's not all celebrity products. It's most, I mean, if you look at Patron, Patron was started by Paul Mitchell, um, which I would say qualifies as a celebrity. Patron is doing absolutely everything right um, down there in Mexico. Um, I've been to their facilities. I've poked around, I think, three times now trying to find fault in that product because the douchebags who drink it are just the worst people to deal with. <laughs> but the product itself is so good and the process is so amazingly well done. It's fantastic. But when you look at like, you know, what George Clooney did, you know, it's 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 kind of on the on the fence. Like, do I do I hold him at fault for anything? I don't know. Did they know? I don't know. You look at what The Rock did to market this product, it's clear that they knew the evils that are being done because they found ways to market and loophole around it. So it's very hard for the general public or even an educated member of the general public to realize what they're doing. The Rock's tequila is, it's its terrible for the people of Mexico, which is a shame. Um, I can't remember how we got on this topic, but- um, so Awareness, I which- I I'm... can't figure a fun, a fun way to segue out of it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm glad you segued into it because you know what? It's good to know where, where what, you're get, get, what your buying comes from. And I'm glad that you can point out those things because you do- I, I get caught up in the rock size all the time every time he does something. But it's nice to know that, you know, if his tequila isn't doing the right thing for the populace of Mexico, then I, I don't have to drink his tequila, but I can still support his movies. I mean, they're not part and parcel, but it is- it's nice to be educated on those things so you just know- so you're not feeding into a system that's damning for a people or, or soil or for whatever reason. So no, it's a good thing to know about. Find ways to compartmentalize it. And if you like, if you go into the Rock's Instagram page and you see those pictures of that distillery with the Tremana logo on it, that doesn't exist. That was Photoshopped on. He's he's using essentially what, what the version of like a Costco distillery is. It's pumping up dozens upon dozens upon dozens of brands of tequila um, and using methods that essentially are scorched earth for the community to make it. It's not, it's not super great. It's not super fun. It's why I won't ever have it on, on a bar I work at. It's why I don't have it on the shelf behind me, but. So um, I think it's important with those, especially with like, with those developing goods. So like, you know, for, for what I think most of the listeners are, are, are listening to and buying like tequila, mezcal, pisco, if you're, if you're into that and rums even is, is to buy from places that um, you maybe put a little bit of effort into educating yourself on the processes because it's very scary what's going on in, in a lot of those communities, which is unfortunate. Thank you for sharing that because I'm, I mean, it's, it's nice to know it's, it's the way, the way the world's working. If you want to be uh, aware of these things, the only way to know is to listen to the real debaters. Just kidding. <laughs> Alex, uh, thank you so much for taking time. And I use that loosely out of your day because <laughs> we don't have a lot to do these days. Um, but thank you for finally coming on the show. It was super, super good time to have you on. And I'm glad you punched down on all of us. This was great because it's normally just me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for having me. This was this was a lot of fun. I'm I'm 
now uh, I'm halfway through a, a two week isolation. So I'm, it was, it was nice to have a, an outlet and a reason to drink. Um, are you, are you, are you, do you have the vid or are you just, you're. I had an exposure, exposure point one week ago today. So. Okay. All right. Um, I think I'm okay. Like the situation that I had, it was uh, in a very controlled environment. Um, all precautions are taken. I'm not worried at all. Uh, but yeah, I need, I need doing, doing my part uh, as a, as a member of the community and listening to my health authority out here in BC and knowing that I was that close to somebody just locking down for two weeks and, you know, I'm getting caught up in a lot of series. I finished, uh, you know, I, I finished Pornhub last night. So I'm not <laughs> up on that. Pornhub the series. Uh, you beat the game. Trying to, trying to kill time. Did you get a, did you get a high score on Pornhub? <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah, I found, I, you know, once you go back and watch it a second and third time, you notice a lot of good Easter eggs. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, uh, the chief uh, power. <laughs> uh, I uh, I'd love to have you back for just a a normal bullshit episode where it's more about something not so specific. So, open invitation anytime you want to come back. And you think so highly of yourself that this wasn't a bullshit episode. <laughs> <laughs> they're all bullshit episodes. Well, they are. Yes, we 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 don't pretend we just that talk they're bullshit all day. Yeah, no, that's that's our brand. Bullshit, bullshit movies. Uh, what are you working on right now, Alex? That you, that you want the world to know about? Where, where, where are you situated with some of your projects? Ooh, uh, I mean, life's life's going a little digital over the holidays. So, I mean, if you follow me on Instagram at Black Tending, you can kind of keep up. Um, I've I've put three bids on property in the past uh, eleven months to try to open my first bar. So, hopefully, that's coming up uh, nice. pretty soon. And when it happens, the world will know in time but uh you know uh trying to push for some quality mental health programming and awareness within the hospitality industry that's always ongoing um i mean you know just trying to keep busy while the world's ending and make sure that people know how to drink better and drink smarter that's kind of what i'm doing uh we're going to post all of your stuff that you sent me on your guest page so anybody can find it there instead of rifling it off all here uh what distillery are you at right now uh, right now I'm at Resurrection Distillery uh, at East in East Vancouver. Um, so that was a that was a two month kind of gig that turned into a year long project, which is awesome to have. So we've got our whiskey that's about to launch, which I had absolutely no part in making because it it happened three years ago. But it'll <laughs> launch uh, in the next couple of months, which I'm super excited about. But we've got a ton of products uh, that are available on Shopify for shipping throughout Canada. Um, I think everything on there I've had a hand in making right now, which is wicked and fun and awesome. And it's owned by uh, some of the greatest human beings I've ever had a chance to work with. And they make products that if you look back on my time in Vancouver before I worked for them, uh, their products were on my shelf everywhere I worked and almost every project I've done with. So super exciting to be a part of, uh, of their team and their process uh, now after I've been a supporter and an advocate of them for so many years. Awesome. Um sounds delicious i wish we could get it out here i'll just have you mail us a bottle and then we'll put it on the website and everybody can look at it from vancouver and, and pick up your products um besides that 
Ladies and gentlemen, we are pleased to offer you another Real Debaters production, uh, loosely titled. And uh, if you want to find anything out about us, just head to therealdebaters.ca. That's where the host bios are. That's where Alex Guestinfo will be on his episode. You can buy our merch. Our skateboard machine is still on and making skateboards. Uh, Jimmy forgot to turn it off again. So our website for all of our merch is threadless. Uh, just click on the merch tab. It'll take you there. Sweaters, t-shirts, cell phone cases, skateboards, tote bags. Uh, One-stop shop for all the shit you don't need to buy. But would support the show. We also have a Patreon tab as well, too, you can click on. Uh, donate two bucks. It just helps keep the lights on. Pays for all the things that uh, make us sound good and allow us to do the show. Um, and if you want to support a charity instead of supporting us, uh, Shalom, Shalom Mission and uh, Cinemont's Autism Awareness. Uh, those will be up on the site later this week. You can click on those or just Google them yourself. Uh, I have got nothing else for you. So from Vancouver, we have had our special guest, Alex Black and Jimmy Skinner, as always. And in Winnipeg, Rob sitting in Wolseley. Bye, Wolseley Kombucha. <laughs> and I am Michael Petro, and this has been a blast, but we are now. Good stuff. Thanks for the show, Alex. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to pee. I'm glad. Like, I should have peed before, but yeah. <laughs>